seven months since the last game is the return of the 2026 Nations on this week's Watch Rugby Union podcast. This was March the 7th and that amazing second half comeback against England falling just short when Wales were last in Six Nations action. Then the WRU postponed the home game against Scotland and then after that the UK went into coronavirus lockdown. But we're back. The warm-up game in Paris, plenty of lessons learned from that and Scotland are internationally this weekend. Very different from what it would have been with a full house at the Principality Stadium but there we are. Coach Wayne Pavax made some changes from the French game but first, this has been a sad week with Wales rugby legend JJ Williams, one of the stars of the 70s, passing away. Yeah, I'd just like to mention the sad passing of uh, former player JJ Williams on behalf of the national squad, management and team. Just uh, our thoughts and condolences go out to JJ's family and friends. JJ's passing away, does that make Saturday all, all the more poignant? It always is when um, you have a, a player of that ilk passing away, sadly. Obviously, he had a, a fight with cancer and, you know, that's come to an end, unfortunately. And uh, certainly uh, it'll get mentioned today and come Saturday, we'll show our respects by wearing the uh, black armbands. Given that he played before any of the players were born, how much relevance does someone like him and that period of the 70s have for the current bunch of players? I was around and saw him play, but I think most of this group here, they know their rugby history. With television these days and with COVID, there was a lot of old games played. And he's a, a well-known figure and a well-known face. You can't mistake him. He's, he's around the place quite a lot, or has been around the place quite a lot. And he's always a, a friendly face that comes and says hi. And I know personally he's, he was uh, very good uh, in having rugby conversations. And uh, yeah, he'll be sadly missed. The guys uh, will be well aware of what he's achieved in the game. Uh, maybe on to the team then. Um, start maybe with Shane Lewis-Hughes. What's impressed you? He wasn't in your original squad and now he's in the starting side against Scotland. Yeah, well, as we know, um, it's contact sport. We're picking up injuries from time to time and we have had some, obviously, with Ross Moriarty, obviously Josh McLeod and Josh Navidi. So there's been a few in the, in the loose forwards. We just think that he's trained very, very well since coming in. He's impressed everybody. He's a player that we've earmarked for the future. So this is going to be a big test for him, but we think he deserves the opportunity with how he's gone in training and uh, what he's showing us. So it'll be uh, an exciting day for him and his family. Does he offer something different in that back row for you, Wayne, than perhaps the other back rowers do in terms of physicality? Yeah, well, um, Wayne got an opportunity last Saturday, and I don't think he uh, had his best game. And by his own admissions, you know, there's some work to be done. But just the physicality that uh, Shane brings in, the defensive side of the game is a big part for us. He's obviously a good line-out forward, which Wayno is. So for us, it's, it's yeah, just probably giving us a little bit more starch in defence, and it's certainly a job that he'll be asked to do. And Thomas Francis and Will Rowlands coming in, two big men as well, extra physicality in that pack? Yeah, we've made no secret from day one that, um, you know, reviewing the, the Rugby World Cup in 2019, that it's an area, if we look at the, the other semi-finalists, it's an area that we want to uh, look at the profile and see if there are some big men out there that can play the game. And uh, Will Rollins gets an opportunity. We had looked earlier to do that, but with injury sustained uh, when he went back to play club rugby, sorry, in the Six Nations, you know, that was taken away from us. So... Will gets an opportunity. Again, he's trained well over the first couple of days of this week. Thomas coming back was always going to get an opportunity. Uh, and with Samson's uh, head injury, that's come probably a game earlier than he anticipated. 
But no, it's a, it is a, a big type five and, you know, we've got to make sure that we're not only big, but we're fit and we can go 80 minutes where we need to and that uh, we have the skill set required to play the game. Liam coming back in, can you just talk us through the back three with uh, George dropping out and Lewis Rees-Samet injured? Louis has got a, a shin problem, probably the onset of possibly some shin splints, so we've just got to be very careful with him. That's kept him out of training this week. Hopefully he'll be back in contention for selection now from Ireland on, with any luck. Liam, he had a game for the, uh, the Scarlets, and we're just looking at the conditions, looking at the opposition, and I think um, that gives us the balance we want in the back three for this week. You lost four, three in the tournament. How big a game is this this weekend, considering there's nothing on in the, in the tournament, you can only finish fourth. How is the camp approaching this match? Yeah, all the better for the game on the weekend, I think. It was always going to be a tough first-up game to get us back into sort of match mode. I think we tested the guys when they came in the first week and some guys came through the testing really, really well. Others uh, got a bit of work to do. So COVID's sort of taken its toll in that respect, but everyone's working very, very hard to try to get to uh, where they need to be. But that game really was uh, very good for us in a lot of respects. We've actually channeled a lot more work in certain areas this week than if we hadn't have had that game. So definitely was well worthwhile. This game, yeah, you talk about results. It's not lost on us. We know that we need to get a good result this weekend, and a good result is a win. Um, We also want a good performance with a win. So... You know, it's not going to be easy. Scotland are playing well. The conditions, I think, at the stage would uh, be silly not to gear up for some wet weather, potentially. So that'll put a, a new twist for a home game. Captain's going to be a world record uh, breaker on Saturday, obviously breaking Richie McCord's record uh, previous. Just sum him up and also a comparison maybe with fellow New Zealander of yours, Richie McCord. The first thing I'd say is that Alan Wynn doesn't like these sorts of conversations going on, so I'll keep it short. But look, he is a true leader, phenomenal achievement. He uh, not only leads by example in, tra- in the games, but in training, he's, you know, he's just magnificent the way he carries himself. First to every drill, always out there doing his extras, very, very professional the way he prepares for training, the way he goes about reviewing and previewing opposition. He's just a great example for all of us. So in terms of Richie, I would say two great players um, who will go down in history as a couple of the greatest. On Nick Tompkins, what what perhaps did you want to see from him that maybe he didn't bring last weekend and what are you hoping for from Owen Watkins? I'm pretty happy with Nick on attack. There was a couple of little uh, errors in defence and just little things like that. We've got to make sure that we get those right. But Owen Watkins, it's more about wanting to see Owen and you're going to see this with the selections over the autumn campaign. It's not just going to be one team or pretty much one team playing every week. There's going to be the odd change. Uh, we need to have a look at other players and build the depth. Owen Watkin, for us, for this particular match, with the conditions we're looking to face, I think fits the bill perfectly. He came into the Six Nations campaign with an injury, so he was always on the back foot in terms of selection. But he's uh, free of injuries. He's had a few games now for the Ospreys, and we're looking forward to seeing how he goes in his first start for a while. Different coaches will approach these situations in different ways, but when you have to tell a player that he's not involved after being involved last week, what's your approach to that? Do you speak to them individually or do you just bring it on them in the meeting? What's your approach to that? No, well, the first thing is we set down the the way we're going to approach the tournament at the start on day one when we come in as a team. So everybody knows that the Six Nations is where we have to be hitting our straps, i.e. we're there to win the tournament. At the moment, we're looking to improve our game, build depth in the squad and and give some players an opportunity in some big games as well as uh, some younger guys in a game like Georgia. So that was um, spoken about when we first came in. 
Uh, in terms of the guys that played against France that aren't playing, they have been spoken individually. In the case of George North, I sat George down uh, the night before speaking about selection with the group and just went through George's game where he's at after the red card, the timeout, and fitness testing, he was supreme in the game. He, he didn't have his best game and we talked around that. George understands that and he knows what he's got to work on. So. We talk to all of the players um, that we feel need to be spoken to. Uh, unfortunately, you can't get around everyone, but those that miss out from the week before certainly get spoken to. It's very different for everybody at the moment. Again, on Saturday, it's going to be a home game for Wales, but it's going to be in Llanetli in front of no fans. It's going to be very odd for the players. You know, How are you addressing that and dealing with that? Yeah, it's something that's been discussed, but uh, the players themselves have played now a number of club games uh, with no crowds, so they're getting used to uh, having to bring the tempo themselves and not get lifted by the crowd. It's something that we've talked about in stoppages in play, the leaders within the group making sure that the right communication is going on, and, and it's a matter of us geeing ourselves up. We will remind them about that before the game as well, and it's something that we talk about internally as a group. It's a challenge for everybody. Wayne, I know you say Alan Wynn doesn't want to dwell on this record, but it's quite incredible, isn't it? I just wonder if you can sum up why you think he's gone on so well, why he has such a longevity in such a physically tough position in world rugby right now. Yeah, I think two key points, uh, one I touched on, it's preparation. He prepares so well in terms of looking after his body before a training session. Uh, he does everything that he needs to physically before he actually crosses the sideline to get onto, onto the training pitch. He knows what his body needs and he gives it all that uh, necessary preparation before training. During training, he pushes himself to the limit. He takes every break seriously. He'll get the communication that's needed. He'll also get his water breaks in. Post-training, he does all the recovery. If there's an optional session in, it's not optional for Alan Wynn. He does everything by the book. He's religious in all his, the way he goes about his business. It is um, something that he takes very, very seriously. He understands what his body needs. The mental side of it is huge. He understands what's right for him. He goes in, about it in a professional manner on a daily basis, you know, and he doesn't falter from that. If there's a change in weather conditions, if there's a change in we've won a game, lost a game, we've got a weekend off, nothing changes for Alan Wynn. He, he just goes about his business and he, he looks after himself. You know, you don't see many players like that come along in a career. Certainly, I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of good All Blacks come through the, the sort of Auckland stables that I was involved with, and uh, there have been some great players come through. Alan Wynn is, is probably... I can't think of anybody that's come through any team that I've been involved in with the same ability to go about his business on a daily, weekly basis like Alan Wynn uh, with... So much longevity, you know. It's not just what he does in preparation and, and then the recovery afterwards, but it's the fact that he plays in the position that he plays in. You saw him on the weekend. It was a warm-up test match for a Six Nations game. It wasn't a warm-up for Alan Wynne-Jones or anyone on our side, but the way he cleaned rucks in that game, to me, he played just as well as he did at the start of his career. Yeah, it's hard to put into words, really, except to say that I've been around a lot of very, very good rugby players, and I put him right, right up the top. How much longer do you think he can go? And any reason he can't go to the next World Cup? Well, if you look at it on ability and form, right now I would have to say there is no reason why he couldn't go to a World Cup should he stay injury free. 
Everybody, though, has that time where the body does start to slow down. Some go off a cliff uh, quicker than others. But there's no reason why Alan Wynn uh, couldn't be one of those ones that uh, you throw away the birth certificate and you just look at what he's doing on a daily basis because at the moment, he's first on the team sheet. Just wondering how much the breakdown area and the aerial battle are being focuses for you this week after the Paris game. Hugely. Uh, spot on. Two areas where we didn't perform well. We went to the air quite a bit and felt that that could be a strength. We turned over too much ball from trying to retrieve kicks and we also put a couple down on kicks to us. So both whether we were retrieving our own kicks or opposition kicks, we weren't where we needed to be. Boys doing extra work on that this week. They do a lot of work in that area every week. The breakdown, they were able to slow our ball down. It was something we talked to the referee, or I talked to the referee about before the game, knowing that Sean was involved in their coaching group. I think there were about 16 penalties, but no yellow card. So we've got to look at ways where we can still get our speed of ball without relying on a referee. So to be fair, probably we did a lot more set-piece work last week, and we know that we've got two weeks to build into the Scotland game. Uh, So our planning is involving a lot more of that area anyway this week. But it was highlighted in the game against France. You're right, we picked those two points up. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So certainly two areas to work on against an interesting Scotland team. A key man will be scrum half Gareth Davis back in the starting lineup at his home ground in Parker Scarlets. Yeah, it's going to be different, isn't it? But I think it'll be good. Due to the circumstances, it's, it's got to be done. Everything that's going on in the world at the moment. But um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. And it's a stadium that I'm uh, quite familiar with. So I'm looking forward to getting out there in the weekend. What did you make of the uh, France game and looking forward into this Scotland match now? Uh, we were a bit disappointed with that result. But uh, I think that game was in place for us to prepare you know, for this week. Because um, you know, we only had a handful of games in the Pro 14. Going straight into a big game against Scotland was always going to be difficult. So, you know, that French game was put in for us to um, get a bit of international rugby under our belts to um, lead into this week. You've come in, you're starting now, you're on the bench uh, in France. Uh, the different roles, how do you judge them? Same sort of mindset for me, you know, um, we try and play as much rugby as we can. And the speed of the game, you know, is um, massive for us as nine. So, you know, whether I'm on the bench or starting, it's same mindset for me is just to get them ruck to ruck and get that ball away as quick as possible. And Lloyd Williams is back in the squad on the bench to reunite your 2015 uh, duo against England. Uh, how good it is to see Lloyd back and playing international rugby? Yeah, it's great for Lloyd. You know, he's been in some good form with the, with the Cardiff Blues, so he's um, deserves the opportunity to come into the squad and uh, hopefully he'll have a big part to play coming off the bench on the weekend. Wales have lost the last four, Gareth. It's not something you'll probably be used to in a sort of national camp. How have they reacted and how important is the win this weekend? It's been quite difficult, you know, but um, our mindset is fully on this weekend now. We know how big, how important this game is for us to get a, a victory. And um, we've had a tough week, tough week's training after that French game. And I think physically we're in a better place now after the intensity of that French game. You know, it was not something that we've been used to. Like I said, we've only had a handful of Pro 14 games. So I think as a squad, we're feeling a lot better, fitter. And um, hopefully uh, we, we can show that on the weekend against the Scots. Scotland come in off the back of a 48-7 win over Georgia. What are you expecting from them this weekend? They haven't won in Wales since 2002. Yeah, we're aware of that, so um, keep that in the back of our minds. But, you know, they played some good rugby against Georgia in the weekend. So, um, you know, defensively, we're going to have to be switched on. Done a lot of work on um, some of their key individuals. So, we'll be keeping an eye on them and, you know, we'll uh, try and put those individuals under as much pressure as we can. And hopefully that'll play a, a big part in us getting a, 
a good result against them. And Finn Russell is obviously a key player for them if he comes in. Your scrum half, you can put pressure on the fly half. Is that one of the uh, individuals you're sort of uh, looking at? Whoever we play against, for me to, to pressurise um, the key players, you know, as normally, which is uh, the tens, is one of my main roles defensively. So, um, you know, I, I do that week in, week out anyway, but especially, you know, against Hastings and Russell, we all know how, in, how dangerous they can be. So, especially with these conditions, us coming in on the weekend, I think... Um, you know, they'll be kicking a lot and uh, hopefully I can put them under as much pressure as I can to uh, put them off their game. Alan Wynne-Jones, world record holder. What an achievement it is and how much you're looking to get the win for him. Hell of a player and hell of a guy. And, uh, you know, it'll be amazing if we can get the, the win for him, uh, especially on the weekend. Saturday is the anniversary of Leslie beating the All Blacks. JJ Williams, obviously the sad news about him passing away today. You'd have grown up with the legends around that game, the legends of those players. How much do... People like that mean to the players of today. We all know the, the history behind um, behind Lethley and the Scarlets. So quite a coincidence that it happens to be that anniversary in the weekend. So it's going to be uh, quite an honour to represent Wales to Park Scarlets. And playing against Scotland, you've got a pretty good record against them. They seem to be games that you especially enjoy in the past. Yeah, I've had um, about a couple of tries playing against Scotland, and we've had a couple of good wins as well. So um, you know, uh, hopefully we can have a, another one of those um, big wins on the weekend. Another player back in the starting lineup is centre, Owen Watkin. It's been a while since I've put on the red jersey, so I'm really grateful to have the opportunity again and be, be back in the squad for, for Saturday. So it's really looking forward to getting back out there now. I'm playing alongside Jonathan Davis as well, a, a very experienced centre. How do you see that going? Yeah, I've played with Foxy quite a few times now, so I think we sort of know how each other play. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a wealth of experience, so just looking forward to getting back out there on the weekend. Wayne said with the conditions, he's looking for a physical midfield on Saturday. Do you sort of bring that element as well? The conditions are not going to be great, so um, there'll be a lot of carrying involved. So obviously um, my size and weight hopefully gets on the front foot. Also defensively, um, just trying to put up some big dominant collisions in there. You've come in for um, Nick Tonkins, who's done well in the Welsh jersey. So there's a, there's a lot of competition there at the moment in the centre. Yeah, obviously he's four of us in the squad and obviously all, all four of us are pushing for sort of that starting place. But... Yeah, I think it's only beneficial for us and the squad that we're all sort of pushing for that one goal. And um, no matter who's sort of on the bench playing or not involved, we all sort of help each other get the best out of one another then. 12 for Ospreys and the Wales and 13 as well, Owen. What do you prefer? What's the difference? And uh, how do you think you'll slot in on Saturday? I haven't got no preference. Obviously, um, I play a lot of 13 this season and obviously the end of last season. But yeah, I've got no preference. I enjoy both. As long as I'm on the field, really, I'm just, just happy to be out there then. And the Scottish midfield, there could be at some time two playmakers in there. How do you judge it in terms of Hastings, Russell and all the centres that they have there as well? Yeah, I think no matter who they're going to put out in the, in the midfield for them, it's going to be a really good run play. So obviously with Finn Russell and Hastings, we know they're tricky players. They obviously like the little dinks and crossy kicks and so on. But um, yeah, wherever they put out, they're going to be difficult opposition. But we trained well this weekend. I think we're ready. What's going to come on Saturday? And your regional teammate, Alan Wynne-Jones, is going to break the world record. What sort of an achievement is that and how much are you looking for the win to mark that achievement for him? Yeah, obviously for Alice, it's an unbelievable achievement and there's no doubt in all our minds that this was going to happen eventually. But yeah, obviously so pleased for him and just hoping to get the result. So it's even more memorable day for him then. And of course, Alan Wynne-Jones continues to be such an amazing player for Wales rugby. At the other end of the international scale, though, is hooker Sam Parry, who got his first cap out in Paris. No, I was brilliant. Obviously, um, I had to wait a while to finally uh, get a cap and stuff. So, yeah, it was it was really good, to be honest. Um, didn't matter if there was 80,000 there or no one there. It's still the same feeling. So, 
really happy. It's been a bit of a roundabout route to get there. Played for the Dragons and now the Ospreys. No, it's good. I went to Colin Cigar and then from there to the Dragons. Yeah, it's been a long journey, plenty of hard work, but uh, it's a good story, really. If you keep working hard, then eventually you'll uh, you'll get your rewards. So, did you always have faith, or were there stages where you thought, well, this is it, this is a, a decent living, but maybe Wales won't happen? Yeah, to be fair, I'd, I'd probably put playing for Wales at, at the back of I'd probably. Yeah, just let let that go and just I just look forward to playing for the Ospreys and putting everything into that. But luckily uh got my chance and hopefully can build on that. In the time that you spent on the field, did you um notice a, a step up from uh, Ospreys rugby or was sort of Champions Cup uh, comparable to that? Yeah, it's definitely faster. I think yeah, just across the board is faster. Everyone is is a proper athlete, and everything's just more faster, physical, and yeah, it's just done at a quicker pace, really. In terms of the messages that you've had from the coaches after the match, Stephen Jones has uh, talked quite a bit about winning collisions against Scotland next week. The France game was was put in there, so we're ready for this week. So we've had a hit out now. So I'd I'd imagine the intensity of of everything will go will go up a notch. You know, as this obviously a Six Nations game it serves this purpose. We've we've had a good hit out, and this week you'd expect us to come out the blocks and put in a a big performance because it's a must win game. What about the Scots? Their their pack seem to cope reasonably well with Georgia, who are a fairly physical outfit. Yeah, Scotland, good team. Yeah, right across the board, they got a good pack of forwards, exciting backs, so it should be an exciting game. You see the style they play, they like to throw it about, but I think as a forward pack, they'll back themselves to to come with a big scrum, big driving wall and stuff, so it's probably got an all-court game these days for Scotland have, so we have to be good in all areas. just like to go back to your journey with the Dragons and the Ospreys. What was it over that period that maybe kept you going when you're, you're coming off the bench a lot, you're looking for more starting opportunities? What was motivating you through that time? First and foremost, I I just love playing rugby, really. So, And then it was just a case of doing everything that, that you can to make yourself a, a better player, whether that be recovery and just doing the things people don't see off the pitch, as well as making sure you're doing everything that you need to on the pitch. And the move to the Ospreys? It was just a chance to move back west, uh, closer to home, and it was just a chance to freshen things up, really. And whoever you're up against for Scotland, to be a converted back rower, you're maybe more of a hooker's hooker in those dark arts. Is that something that you know gives you something to fall back on, you think? I switched to hooker when I was 19 from the back row, so obviously I've had a bit more time than the other boys probably, but... They're fully-fledged international uh, players themselves, so they, they know exactly what they're doing. should be a good test. With your cap presentation, was it was it Gethin Jenkins who gave that to you? Yeah, Gethin uh, presented my uh, cap for me. Yeah, it was a special, special moment. He's obviously a Welsh <laughs> Welsh legend. We all know how good a player he was, and yeah, it was, it was special to receive it from him. You mentioned your family and friends. Were they on Zoom for that? Yeah, luckily the the media team had sorted a Zoom call, so all my family and stuff were able to see into the change rooms and uh, watch the presentation and watch me sing my song then. And what was the song? (laughs) Uh, I went for Westlife, if I let you go. So now we know. Well, it's the Westlife for Wales this weekend in Lethley at Parker Scarlet. 
Then it's Wales women finishing their Six Nations in Cardiff, also against Scotland, on Sunday afternoon. Of course, we heard a length from coach Darren Edwards last week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty of reaction on all those games next week, of course, but until then, goodbye.